Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Mojo Mondays. And we are continuing um, talking about a guide to a flourishing life. can't remember if this is part five or part six. I think it's part six. Is it? Cool. But before we get into that, I just have a bit of an announcement to make. Oh. I am, yeah, I am now married to an award-winning author. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so you've won an award for is it, oh god you're gonna to have to tell me which one it is it's the uh it was the australian business uh books award yeah. for the uh, health and wellness section health and wellness section yes. and now you can have that sticker on the cover of the book yes i um that goes with the other sticker the finalists for the what was it the good reads or something like that yeah yeah so it will just give a little plug christmas is coming up <laughs> <laughs> anyone you know would like to make some changes in their life for 2024 then this is the book for them death by right. comfort by paul okay. taylor that's the one there we go all right let's get that's on with the, the podcast one. okay what's your quote for today my quote for well i see you tell us the topic and i'll tell you the quote okay so today we are going to be talking about being the best versions of ourselves and looking at what we do on a daily basis that's going to have an impact on us long term. Um, so yeah, go go for the quote. Yeah, and we're really we're we're talking about doing the work and investing in yourself, right? Um, mm -hmm. So here's the quote, and it's a Seneca quote again. I think that's two year, two weeks running. A sound mind in a sound body. If the former be the glory of the latter. The latter is indispensable to the former. Isn't that amazing? I absolutely love that quote from 2000 years ago. Sound mind and a sound body. And let's think about it. If the former be the glory of the latter. So that's what that saying is that that sound mind is the glory. It's the manifestation uh, of, of having a sound body. And he's saying that a sound body is indispensable to having a sound mind. And, and the reason I love this quote is, you know, as you know, I'm, as the listeners know, I work with a lot of corporates who are just busting their balls, who are working so friggin' hard. And lots of our friends are as well. You know, we've mm. had this conversation. Um, and I see people destroy their health because of both their work and their recovery from that work and and you know all the stuff that they're doing and for me it's a little bit like superannuation or it's very much like superannuation i think that's the real analogy um of, of this is that everybody in this country knows and and other countries around the world i mean su super is mandatory here but it's voluntary in lots of other countries but um, everybody knows if you're not putting money away into your super or your retirement fund, do not expect to have a comfortable retirement. And and I think the premise of this is that if you're not investing in your body, do not expect to live a really good retirement. Uh, mm -hmm. Let me just give you some stats before I throw it because I know you've got some stuff to say here. But in America, the average um, lifespan is 77 the average health span, that is time without significant chronic disease, is 63. So there's a 14-year gap in America. In Australia, um, if you, it's very similar. There's more than a 10-year gap in Australia. But it, in Australia, if you're born in 2018, 
you can expect to live 81.2 years as a bloke and 85.3 as a female, but your health expectancy is 71.5 as a bloke and 74.1 as a female, right? So there's a 10 plus year difference uh, in that. And, and I like to get people to think about, we've talked about this lots, you know, what do you want your marginal decade to look like? That mm-hmm. last 10 years, do you want to be riddled with friggin' chronic diseases on all sorts of medications that then have side effects that then you're on a medication for the side effect and, and it's just a constant battle? Um, because this is about doing the work, right? Mm, it scares, as you would say, the bejesus out of me because we, we talk about long, living long life. We want a long, but it's about a long, healthy life. And living like my on my dad's side, we we tend to live a long time. And it's um, it must be in genes. But and I'm I would love to live till you know ninety five. But I still want to be playing with my grandkids, and I still mm. want to be going for walks. And I do not want to be incapacitated. I just don't see the point of that. And so it's what it's what you invest in today. And each and every day and consistently do the work is what is going to impact your future. There's no guarantees, of course, but you've got to work on the process. Yeah. And and, and it is just like superannuation, you know, it, it is that short-term benefit versus long-term benefit. And and mm. that's why it is so hard to invest money. In, in, away for the future because you have to forego lots of good things now, yeah. and, and and it's it's the same. In fact, it's even worse when it comes to health, and because we are, especially when it comes to nutrition, there are so many temptations around us um, mm. that makes us really hard. And we, um, I think we need to realize that everybody's brain um, um, suffers from temporal discounting or hyperbolic discounting. Um, which is basically your brain and um, the, the the twin drivers of everybody's brain is to minimize danger or threat and to maximize reward, right? Um, but it will discount stuff that is in off in the future, both rewards and threats that are further away in favor for stuff that is clear and present, right? Mm. So everybody can see how that works for, for super in that, Yes, if I save this money, it'll be great because I'll have a good retirement and with compounding interest, it's going to be worth lots more. And when you explain compounding interest to people, they go, oh, shit, yeah, I'm going to save more money. And then you go, right, well, that means you need to reduce your coffee. You need to reduce your drinking. And they go, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it then goes with the short-term sacrifice. And, and it's even worse when it comes to stuff like exercise, nutrition, recovery, all of those sorts of things. But I think we need to remember that the things that improve with age, happiness. So happiness hits all around the world in both low happiness countries and high happiness countries or subjective well-being, if you want a bit more scientific. The low point is the mid 40s to around 50. And then people's happiness and subjective well-being improves from there. Right. Mm. That's one thing that improves. Another thing that continues to improve throughout your lifestyle. The one cognitive thing is emotional regulation. So we get better at regulating our emotions and we tend to get more contented. Mm. But I, I, like they should be your best years, right? 
But you've got to be able to enjoy those years and and be able to do the things that you want to do, whether it's playing golf, traveling, going away with your kids, you know, all our grandkids, all of those sorts of things. And that's about the investment that we make every single day. Yeah, and it's about intention because as you were saying how our minds work, it's all about short-term reward. So our minds really do not care about our long-term happiness. We need to take control of that path because the decisions that we make every single day now about what we put in our mouths, how much we exercise, that decision is either around um, short-term comfort and pain avoidance or it's about our long-term health and energy. And it's a lot easier to get home from a really stressful day at work and go, I'm just going to lie on the sofa and, and pour myself a glass of wine. Yeah. Um, because that's it's avoiding the pain of the stress. It's it's a short-term comfort. But consistently, if you do that long-term, then that's going to impact you negatively long-term. Um, long-term. So it's what you do um, and, and intentionally and setting those intentions every single day and not being led by always by your mind. And, and I think habits come in here. I mean, Aristotle famously said, we are what we repeatedly do. And it's about grabbing hold, grabbing your habits by the scruff of the neck, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And know. and celebrating them once you've once you've done those. You know, that's why we love that ritual board. Yeah. Because every time you tick it off, there's this little celebration and that dopamine hit. So it's the small wins every single day that add up to long term, you know, positive impact. Yeah. So so let's like let's talk about choose your heart. Right. So we, mm. we've talked about choose your heart. Um, and then a good mate of mine, Professor Grant Schofield, the bastard, has just um, written a book which he's about to publish called Choose Your Heart. And, and as he sent it to me, it is absolutely brilliant. It's such a but great title. I love it, it. It is. And I'm like, he, whenever I did Death by Comfort, he's like, oh, you bugger. He says, that's such a good title. Now, uh, he's, now he's got me back with Choose Your Heart because I would have loved that to be my, my next book. But anyway, Grant's got me on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but exercise, right? So yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it's hard but it can prevent or treat 26 of the most common chronic diseases. That landmark paper by um, Peterson and Saltine, two legendary exercise physiologists. So, like, like, so yeah, choose your heart. You either choose the difficulty and the discomfort of doing exercise and particularly vigorous exercise now, or you choose a much harder option, which is um, a massively increased risk of a whole host of chronic diseases. And, and mm-hmm. recent research has shown that people who are very physically fit, they will add 10 years to both their health span and their lifespan, right? Mm. So choose your heart on that one. Um, And then nutrition. Choose your heart. Yes, it is. Um, It's a lot, I think it's a lot harder to eat healthily now than it was 20, 30 years ago. With all of these convenience foods, the ultra processed foods. Um, But, and, and, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum, 50% 50% calories or more, 62% increased risk of all-cause mortality. Now, preceding that death is chronic disease. Yeah, right? who wants so, that? I know. And doubling of mental illness, if, you're, if you have that amount, uh, and you'll have, you consume 500 calories a day more uh, because of the bliss point that these mm. things trigger in the brain, right? Then you talked about it earlier, relaxation versus recovery, coming from, from a hard day's work, 
um, alcohol, Netflix, and social media is a lot easier than breathwork, journaling, and reading self-growth stuff. Yeah. But- it's, yeah, I mean, this, this is a hard one because I speak to people and they are so busy at work and then they're driving their kids around after school and then they're trying to figure out what's for dinner and they haven't shopped and it's just like complete, it's like chaotic and, and crazy. And so collapsing on the sofa is kind of an option for them because, I mean, I talk about mindless recovery versus mindful recovery and that is a mindless re- recovery. Mm. And that's fine to do it every now and then. We're not saying don't do it, but over a long term, especially if it's impacting sleep, so, you know, if you're not getting home until late and then you're on Netflix until 11 o'clock at night and then you're going to bed and then you've got to get up early in the morning and then do it all again, it's, it's. I mean, short term, it's not good to manage stress that way, mm. let alone the long-term impact of these stress hormones. So it is a, it is a tough one, but it is choose your heart. But 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 let's let let's make it less hard, right? So so maybe run a little experiment that that every night when you come home from work, you get changed into your exercise gear, and you do a minute of exercise, mm. squats and push-ups or something like that. Just do one minute, yeah. and then sit down and do one minute of breath work, right? And then do one minute of journaling. That's three minutes. And, and and then make your choice about what you want to do the rest of the evening. But they are what I call enabling behaviors in that they enable you to do, uh, do stuff that's more productive. Not 100% of the time, but quite a lot of the time. Because we know if you do those other things, um, it'll be much worse for your sleep. If you have poor sleep, you'll have reduced energy the next day. You'll have higher cortisol the next day. You have higher ghrelin, the major hunger hormone. So you eat more food and because cortisol is high, it's, it's sugary, fatty, and salty food that you crave. Um, you're less likely to exercise because of reduced leptin in the brain after a bad night's sleep. Then you're less able to handle the stresses of the day's events that evening. And then you're more likely to do that shit evening routine. And then it's Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. So the morning starts the night before. It's what you do at nighttime and how you recover, how much sleep you get that it's going to impact your next day. Yeah, exactly. And the, the last choose your hard, um, and look, there's probably more, but just for, for brevity, um, cold and heat exposure. Sauna right. is a lot more pleasant, but, but it, you know, at the high temperatures, it's, it's unpleasant, but particularly mm-hmm. the cold exposure, like the ridiculous amounts of cellular benefits that come from through the activation of heat shock proteins in the HIF-1 pathway for any geeks out there, but like the improved metabolism, reduced um, um, systemic inflammation, improved antioxidant defense, mitochondrial biogenesis in your muscles and in your fat cells, improved gut microbiome from cold exposure, improved mood, massive increases in dopamine and noradrenaline, and all of that from a brief minute or so of cold water exposure. Brief minute of pain. Choose your heart. It's not even even painful. It's just discomfort. Yeah, it's painful. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's. I, I, I think probably the take home here is that we need to do the work and 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 we need to do the maintenance on our body if we're going to enjoy the fruits of our labor later on in life, right? And 
And it is worthwhile thinking about that marginal decade and what are all the things that you want to be able to do, right? Write that shit down, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you want to be able to go and travel, then you need to be carrying suitcases around. You need to probably lift a suitcase above your head, a small one, and, and put it in. You need to be able to walk up and down steps and stuff like that. If you want to be playing with your grandkids, you know, what does that mean? You want to be doing golf or other leisure activities. Like, what do you need to be able to do? And, mm-hmm. and, and don't think that you're going to start to sort all this shit out when you retire. Yeah. A really effective way of getting clear on this is, and I think I've mentioned this before, is to write a letter from your 80-year-old self to mm. you today and go, what is it that your 80-year-old self needs you to do every single day? And that's a really good good way of getting clear on your behaviours and any behaviour change that you need to do now for your future self. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. The other thing before we go, I just wanted to say, it, it is about the future, but it's also about today and tomorrow and how much energy that you have because if you are wanting to be the best version of you in the different domains of your life, whether it's parenthood, whether it's at work, um, friendships, whatever that is, you need to have the energy to do that. So how much sleep you get, how much exercise you Mm. do, what you put in your mouth is going to affect you daily as well as you for the future. Yeah, look, that's a really good point. You know, the the Better You programs that we have run, and you know, over eight weeks, we get a a more than a tripling of those who have high mental well being, and mm. more than a doubling of those who have high resilience. So, this stuff, the the beauty of doing all of this is, yes, there's a very clear short term benefit, but there's a massive long term benefit as well. It is compounding interest um from this the sake of physiology. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? Somebody needs to make a the equivalent of a superannuation cal, cal a calculator for lifestyle. You know, where you can you can put in how much money I'm going to put away, and then you, you know you give it a you know what what's the expected return, uh, like what's five percent or whatever you can choose that, and then it'll tell you how much better off you're going to be when you retire. We need to devise some of that for lifestyle stuff. Yeah, right? there you there's go. A, there's, a, there's, a, there's another project for there's you. There's another project. <laughs> We're going to stick it on the list. But until I have done that calculator, peeps. Um, it is about um, just just getting clear on what you're going to do. And, and I think that's great. Write a future letter, our letter from your future self. Here's me. Um, this is Paul in his 80s. He, I want to be able to do this, 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 and this. That means I need you to start doing this, 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 and this. Yep. And then start doing it. Excellent. Catch right. you next time. See ya.